Hi, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose a Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by The Memo, our weekly career-focused newsletter that goes out every Monday with cool tricks and resources and tips on how to climb the corporate ladder. If you are not already subscribed, you can subscribe by texting CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, to 66866. Again, that's CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, to 66866. Hey guys, I know it's been a minute since I've done an episode with a guest, and so today I am doing an episode with my sister, my favorite girl, Williette. Williette, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me or forcing me to do this. I didn't force you. Well, I, mean, I guess I kind of forced you, but I'm so glad that you were here. And the topic that we're talking about, I thought it would be great to have Williette here because we have been talking about this nonstop. As you all know, we were raised in Chicago. And so when they announced that this Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, was coming out, like we were ready, we were excited, um, and we've watched all the episodes. And I haven't. Well, you haven't watched all the. No, episodes. I haven't watched the last two. Who does that? Like who goes through? <laughs> you know, I was going through some things. You were going through some things, <laughs> and he's going through some, some some real things. And so you know, you get a pass. But I think you um, you've listened, if you watched enough enough of them. Um, so today's episode is going to be on career lessons that we got from Michael Jordan through The Last Dance um, documentary. And it might not just be Michael Jordan, right? Because there were tons of different characters. So Dennis Rodman was a character in there. Scottie Pippen was a character in there. Um, and so we'll go back and forth. I might ask you some questions. But thinking back to like what you've seen, what do you think the biggest career aha moment you got from the documentary was? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I think the documentary really just made me think about alignment and Mm -hmm. like passion for whatever it is that you do I think you know for me sometimes um, I make decisions based on other things whether it be like um, a title or how much money you're making and I think the documentary really showed like how great you can be when you are aligned with like what it is that you're trying to do right and like and when you love it a lot Mm. um so I think that's the biggest biggest lesson especially now um I feel like you know just making sure you're aligned with um with your career path and Mm. not choosing things for other reasons yeah and I think for me and my dad used to say my I said my dad is if we don't have the same dad (laughs) Our dad growing up would always say to me, like, there's a price to pay for everything. Mm. And so looking at Michael Jordan and who he is and how the world sees him versus um, maybe how he sees himself, Mm -hmm. I found myself wondering a lot if the price that he paid to be the greatest, if he thinks that it was worth it. Yeah. Right. I think as we go through and we navigate these career things and we have this ultimate prize, Mm -hmm. but there's a cost that you pay for every single thing that you get in life. Like nothing comes free and it might not be like a monetary cost, Mm -hmm. but you know, relationship costs and life quality costs and you know, just a bunch of things like kids or whatever you may be putting off. And I think for me, I started to ask myself if, the price that I'm paying well one what is the price that I'm willing to pay for the success that I think that I want Mm -hmm. and two if it's worth it and I think you don't know the answer to that until you get to the other side of it Um, I remember when I when Lean In first came out I was in a bookstore um, buying I was super excited to get the book and this lady who I've never met but you know New Yorkers they don't 
care. And she was like, you know, why are you getting that book? And I was like, well, I just want to know, like, if she talks about the price that she's paid to be. And she goes, that woman doesn't know the price that she's paying yet. Like, you don't mm. get to know the price in the process, like, until you get to the place and you have to pay that cost and then you look back reflectively. So, I think that's the one thing um, that I've been thinking about, you know, what price am I willing to pay for the level of success that I think that I want and if it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And then also just like, what does greatness look like or what does greatness mean? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think if you're sacrificing, you know, like you said, everything is going to come with a sacrifice. But if you're sacrificing, like seeing your children grow up, if you're sacrificing, like, the, you know, your younger years, you know, like does that take away from like being great or is that factored into like your definition of success and greatness? Mm. Like, I think those are, those are questions that, that really um, kind of bubbled up to the surface for me as well, because I'm not willing to achieve greatness if greatness means like a sacrifice of my mental health. Right. Mm. Like that's not great for me, you Mm -hmm. know? So just thinking of like, okay, well how do you define like ultimate success and how do you define greatness? And like, you know, does it need to shift a bit? Mm-hmm. And you talk about, you know, met your mental health. One of the notes that I made um, in the in in watching this, like the last two episodes, was how mentally tough are you? Mm-hmm. And you know, Michael had his methods, and we'll talk about that. But you know, a lot of what they went through in practice prepared them to be mentally tough to not be shaken when the mm-hmm. actual. Um, he set the battle when the actual games or those championship moments when they came Mm -hmm. because of the mental preparation that they had done before it mattered Mm -hmm. it helped them be able to rise to the occasion when it mattered and so I'm thinking about our careers like how do we get mentally tough what are some things that we can do so that when we get those opportunities and it's you know that three seconds left with in the fourth quarter and the game's on the line and it's tied and it's between you and someone else like how are you mentally preparing to make sure that you could rise to the occasion. And, you know, part of that for me has been like, you know, reading books and taking classes and making yeah. sure that I'm sharp. But just the way that he was able to focus, I think one of the the the, the commentary in the last, uh, last couple of episodes, it was around like um, him just like being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And you haven't seen this yet, but they said that Michael had this weird ability to just always be present. And one of the times, like, I guess they were shooting something or they were like about to be like taking shots and they were asking him about like making the shot or not making. He was like, why would I be worried about missing a shot that I haven't even taken yet? Mm-hmm. Like he was always just focused on that one shot and it took a lot of like mental preparation. But how do you look at being like mentally tough in corporate? Well, like going along with that metaphor, I feel like three seconds left, do not pass me the ball. Like. <laughs> Do not send it to me. I am not sugar off. Like, uh, okay. send it to somebody else. Okay. Like, and I know that about myself right now. Uh-huh. Um, but I do agree with you. Like, for me, I think, you know, there is, like, the theoretical and, like, reading the books and, like, reading the case studies and learning from other people. But for me, I think that mental toughness comes from, like, going through a situation, mm-hmm. right? Like, and having the actual real-world experience and learning that, like, you can do something, right? Mm-hmm. Because before that, it's all just, like, theory. If this happens, then I'll do this or I won't do this or I have these tools. But once, like, rubber meets the road and you're in it and you realize, like, oh, I do have the capacity to, like, like push through this I think Mm -hmm. that's how I like build my mental toughness Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's just been situations where like in corporate where you're kind of pushed to the wire and you complete something you're like oh 
Like I can, I can do this. Like I have the, whether it's the capacity or the skill or the, you know, I have it in my tool belt to be able to like complete this. And that's how like I go about building that mental toughness. Mm. Still don't throw me the ball. (laughs) (laughs) But but like thinking through that though, um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is so Steve Kerr, like he knew what his role was, right? Mm-hmm. He was a support player. He knew that he was only going to get a certain amount of shots a game, so he wanted to make sure that when he got those opportunities that he delivered. Um, and for every Michael, there has to be a Scotty. There yeah. has to be a Steve Kerr. And so how do you look at what your role is as it pertains? Because, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. ego can get in, in the way of that where – in real life, if you're honest with yourself, you're a number two, but for whatever reason, you feel like you have to make yourself yep. be the number one, yep. not knowing the responsibilities that come with being the number one. You know, they talked about, like, Michael couldn't do regular stuff that they could do, right? right. Because he was the, he was Michael Jordan, right. whereas they were able to have, granted, this was before social media and all that, some, like, symbols of a normal life. Yeah. Um, so how do you think about, like, wanting to be the number one versus the number two versus, like, yeah. any of that? Yeah, I think it comes with, like, self-awareness and I think when you put yourself in situations where you are not again aligned right like if you are there's nothing wrong with being a number two person right and if you put yourself in at least for me if I put myself in situations where I'm trying to be the number one person Mm -hmm. I feel very out of whack and it's like a struggle right and so I think even though people want to be the number one for me I feel like as I get older and I get awareness of who I am and what my strengths are I can better like I can feel better about placing myself in roles that are aligned with who I am Mm -hmm. and it feels less strenuous Mm -hmm. um and it feels more strenuous when like I'm outside of that right Mm -hmm. and so like again like this kind of perfect alignment thing that we're talking about like that's kind of what I'm striving to to be about right so if Mm -hmm. I'm a number two person I'm going to be one hell of a number two person Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, you know, use all of my strengths and play that up. And I think it also comes from like seeing stories of people who are not just number one people, right? Mm -hmm. There are so many people um, or, you know, it takes so many people to make something great, right? Mm -hmm. Especially on a team, like a a team sport, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have number two, number three, whatever. You have to know your position, right? And so I think um, seeing those stories and seeing how everybody contributes to success mm-hmm. allows people to feel comfortable whatever their place is. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm a good number two? What is the question? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> and then, like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would be a good number two. I, no, I think you are a number one person and I think that's who you should be because that's where and There's so much pressure. I feel like I, I wish, granted we got to see a little bit of this with Michael Jordan, but I wish people talked more openly about how hard it is to be like the per- the go to person for stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds like oh my god, like um, when they, when people complain and they're like people like they with their little violin. But the pressure of having it all depend on you, and the pressure of having it be like when something's going down, you're the person that everyone's looking to. Yeah. It you know when it goes well, it's amazing, but it doesn't always go well. And you know people's jobs are dependent on it, people's families are dependent on on it and it's just like it's something that I think people take for granted or like they take lightly mm-hmm. and then they get in those positions and then that's when you start having all the breakdowns and yeah. all of those things just because it's it's a heavy crown to wear or a burden to it's not even a burden but it's a it's a it's a privilege but it's a, a privilege that weighs a lot yeah um, and if you aren't 
you know, mentally prepared or any of those things. Like not even physically too, maybe, but the mental toughness that's required to be a number one, I think we underestimate mm-hmm. like what that really actually requires. Yeah. Um, so what did I oh when they won their second three P, uh, I love this moment. So Phil Jackson goes and he's hugging um he's hugging Michael. He's like, Oh my god, Michael, can you believe it? Can you believe it? And Michael was like, Yeah, I can believe it. He was like, um, he goes, I've always believed it. He was like, every time we got close, I just had faith that we can win. He was like, I never didn't believe it. Mm. So for you, is there a place that you want to be career-wise that you just believe that you will be at? But do you have that level of faith in a destination? Maybe you don't know how you're going to get there, but you believe that you will. Yeah, so I think it's interesting you having me on your podcast because I am so not like... I'm so not there yet in terms of like a vision for my career. I'm still very much like navigating what things could even look like or what I even want things to look like. So I would say no. I would say at this point, like I'm not a hundred, I'm not even a hundred percent sure like what the goal is yet. I'm still just trying things out and learning myself, learning my skills and what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully eventually I'll get to the point where I'm like, okay, this is my pocket. Words of Brandon. This is my pocket. Like I... Did you say words of Brandon? Yeah. yeah, Delessa? Of course. Oh my gosh. Um, This is like my pocket. This is what I'm good at. This is where my skills and my passion like um, merge and meet each other. And like now I can chart out a path for myself, but I don't think I've gotten there yet. And I'm the opposite, which is why I'm always so frustrated because I I, I have a very clear vision of where I want to end up. It's the how that I don't know. Mm. And so that is, you know, at times you can be like, why am I not moving in this direction? Or why is it taking so long mm-hmm. to get here? Or I feel like I've done this, 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 and this. And, you know, and it might not all make sense at a certain point. But I think like since I was young, like I knew what I wanted to do with my life in terms of mm-hmm. career, maybe not everywhere else, but in terms of like what the kind of work that I wanted to be doing I was, I've always been very clear and there are times where I've wavered right and I've been like whether it was being afraid or being whatever you know getting paid a ton of money or, yeah. or whatever those different reasons are that we kind of veer off path but I think my um, my theme or intention for 2020 was perfect alignment mm-hmm. and so it's been interesting to see like how COVID has forced me to kind of be still and take stock of you know getting myself back on the path that I wanted to be on initially um but yeah I think that and there have been times where I've lost faith or felt like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I'm getting so I'm getting older you know I want to be focusing on maybe other things right now but I'm not where I want to be career wise Mm -hmm. and it's tough not to lose the faith and it's because you just don't know when things are going to happen yeah and you don't know how or who or where or whatever you just know that you have this thing inside of you that you want to do or that you want to to accomplish and so kudos to michael man for being like yeah no i didn't yeah it was like i didn't waver um they were he was saying something about he just look i think it was his trainer who said um let me see he says she michael has a skill where he always says you don't allow what you can't control to get inside your head because mm. that's how you end up losing whatever like if you have no control over it he just does not he just did not allow it to happen um and then another thing that there was a time where he was like they were practicing shots and I guess that he was talking to Amar Rashad or one of the reporters and he was shooting and Amar Rashad was looking at his shoes and he was like 
he was like, man, don't look at my feet. Look at where the ball is going, right? Like, his eye was always on, like, what the goal was. Mm -hmm. Like, there was no distraction. There was not Like, he just was always laser focused. Unless when he was, like, gambling and stuff. But, like, when he was playing and was on the court, he, you know, he was very focused on, like, what that end goal was. He also, surprisingly, to me anyway, is one of the pettiest humans I have ever. He's so petty, which is wonderful. I just, I was like, bruh, he, the way that he still talks about Isaiah Thomas, you would have thought that they got into it last week. The level of, and I don't know if that's healthy for, I mean, I guess that's the, the, another question in terms of career success is what fuels you, right? And for him, being incredibly competitive, like, and finding reasons to want to, like, like that was his fuel didn't he have that story that he completely he made, made up, up? Yes. yes and then he embarrassed that man's team when the man didn't speak to him at dinner like yeah. that's wild to yeah, me yeah. um somebody makes an offhanded comment two seasons before and now you're gonna remember and still do those things to them but not besides the petty like do you know what fuels you career-wise like what is that thing that's a good question i think what fuels mission is what fuels me so to know that I am a part of something that's bigger than myself and also something that is going to help like my people Mm -hmm. I think that that's a huge like push for me Mm -hmm. and when that's not a part of the equation then I I typically like lose steam but Mm -hmm. if I can connect myself to a larger mission a larger vision that's going to directly impact like people like me people who look like me um that's definitely a motivating factor Mm. and like i don't think that i'm competitive in the michael jordan sense Mm -hmm. obviously but i do like i like to win right i like to have something that once lived in my head come to life Mm -hmm. like in real form um and so i am i think that that's the feel you know i've been planning some stuff where i choose a ladder um we have some cool stuff coming in the back half of the year and been working on stuff but to me there's just something special to see something that once was just an idea in your in your mind mm-hmm. come to true form yeah. and have people be able to experience it and actually have an experience with it that's positive mm-hmm. to me that's like there's no greater feel well i mean there i guess there are a couple other greater feelings but there's no real career greater feeling for me than having that happen and you played sports right so you're a pretty competitive person i am am. and i think i was just born competitive like a lot of my early childhood memories even in liberia was like being very competitive Mm -hmm. and being pretty much like no this is what we gonna do and this is how we're gonna do it we're gonna organize and we're gonna be this and be all that and um yeah um and i'm just like let's all win together no second place everyone is first place oh my god <laughs> that's also something with like y'all's generation where everybody got <laughs> ribbons and everybody was a winner and everybody was happy um what else did i see okay what if you oh no you don't know this the answer to that question um y'all see how she tried to write me off no because i just asked you the because the question would be whose spot do you want to take right oh. in terms of like career stuff like is there a person who you're like i would like to take her spot in as it pertains to career no. right like i because you don't know exactly what it is that it is that you want to yeah do. and i haven't seen anybody that i'm like that's what i want to be doing mm-hmm. so i i there's no spot to take um people are walking in their lanes and i just haven't haven't seen mine yet mm-hmm. i do i definitely do oprah uh, well oprah mixed with kelly Ripa. Oh, okay right like where where i want to be is like at the intersection of like culture career and like black 
blackness. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's like where culture and career intersect okay. is where I want to be and like creating content that does that and works towards that and helps people. Um, I've always said like I was meant to be in di- dialogue, not monologue. And so mm. like to be able to talk about career stuff as a like um, at on a national level as like a contributor of the conversation as opposed to being like the sole like less Wendy Williams more like the real in terms yeah. of the makeup of it. That's so like where that intersects because Kelly Ripa has a co-host. But Oprah has like the content and the cultural and all that stuff. So, and she also has like a business that extends beyond just her television show. Blah blah blah. So like that's I'm just coming to be off putting this on the the vision board. So you know by forty, hopefully I'll be like sitting in that space doing that doing that work. Um, So one of the things that they say is how you practice is how you play, right? And I think a lot of times we talked about this a little bit. um, You know when you are lazy in your preparation it shows in your execution and so for you how do you make sure that your practice is quality practice as you think about you know just doing work um you know what's interesting I have never been someone who needs to practice Mm. Uh, practice is hard for me because Mm. I've always been just like um very good at things um without having to practice like I remember when I was younger um I used to play piano and I never practiced and I progressed like I practice every day like Mm -hmm. practice is just not something that I'm used to having to do Mm -hmm. um so in terms of career um practice is just for me about like putting your best foot forward every time like you're asked to do something Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm someone who likes to be prepared I don't like to be caught unprepared so Mm -hmm. just making sure like I'm doing the work in the background consistently um, to show up Mm -hmm. the best way that I can Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say like practice is not something that I'm great at Mm -hmm. I have this piano at my house Mm -hmm. Um, haven't used it so yeah I don't know if that answers the question but your girl struggles with practice. <laughs> is it something that you think is important? Absolutely. Uh, you know, pe- you have to put in the hours, right? And mm-hmm. practice is really like, to me, it's just repetition of what it is that you want to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, you only, I think you only progress as fast as you practice. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not putting in the work on a consistent basis, you know, your progress is going to reflect that. So I, I definitely believe like, consistent practice is how you achieve greatness even when we're talking about michael jordan like i think the season after they lost the next day the next day they were in the gym and people are you know shooting around and like working on plays like that's how you achieve like greater great levels of success is mm-hmm. by putting in the work yeah um i think one of like pivoting just a little bit i think one of the lessons that i learned from this is don't let people try to fast forward you. Mm-hmm. So after they won that championship, they hadn't even left the arena yet. People were like, Michael, are you going to be here next season? Are we going to play? What are you doing next season? Phil, will you? And it's like, dang, like it just happened, right? And I think a lot of times you have people who want you to be so far ahead and so they get, mm-hmm. that you don't even get to, like, you don't even get to enjoy the things that you've accomplished, right? And I think we might do that to ourselves, too. We try to fast-forward everything. It's like, okay, this is done, check. This is done, check. And I appreciated that he was like, slow down. Like, let me enjoy, like, what I've earned 
what I've worked so hard for, playing through, you know, food poisoning and all that other stuff, like, y'all not gonna rush me in this yeah. moment. I'm going to, you know, so how do you stop yourself from fast forwarding in moments that, you know, you've worked hard to achieve? Or do you? Um, I think for me, fast forwarding really comes into play in like the work. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, so like people will say like you can't rush the process, mm-hmm. you can't fast forward like the process. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in a certain stage and you're you're you have like goals, you want to like kind of fast forward the the work, the like you know the grimy periods where you're just kind of like again practicing putting in the work and you kind of want to get to that phase where you're you know you've won the championship Mm -hmm. but I think I am very good at trying to be present in like moments that are important and significant Mm -hmm. and that you've worked for Mm -hmm. um you know I'd be out here meditating. You do, and that's what he said. Phil, he was like, Phil had us doing like the centering stuff, yeah. and this meditation stuff to stay in the moment. Yeah, it, it's about like, you know, it's about taking a beat to just take in what's going on around you. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that you have to train your mind to do. Because mm-hmm. our minds are always moving, always thinking about what's next, trying to solve problems. And so like meditation definitely helps you be like, okay, well, let me pause and like just take in what's happening right now Mm -hmm. um one of the other things that i thought was super interesting is michael and phil jackson's reaction to having the 98 season be the last season Mm -hmm. right and when michael talked about it in the last episode you could see where like he still he said he still struggles because he felt like they could have won a seventh championship Mm -hmm. he feels like there was like it was unfinished business they could have gotten one more and if they would have just said everybody just do like a one-year contract like we would have done it because he felt like they had the team Mm -hmm. to be able to get one more Mm -hmm. right and so you could see that he still struggled with it a bit Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson was like, it was done. Like, mm-hmm. it was time to move on. After it happened, um, Reinsdorf actually came back and said, will you come back? And Phil was like, no, I think I need a break. Like, I know when it's time mm-hmm. to bow out. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, like, are you more Michael or Phil when it comes to, like, letting go of, of things? Well, I don't think that, that like, there's a difference. I, I don't think it's more, it's like a Michael or Phil I think it's about knowing yourself, right? I mm-hmm. think that Michael really did feel like he could, you know, they could do one more. And I think Phil really felt like, no, this is the end of it for me. And those are both truths, mm-hmm. but they're just different truths. And so I think uh, it's just about knowing yourself, mm-hmm. right? And knowing when to when to say, no, this is it. And knowing when to be like, no, we should continue. The thing about this is they probably couldn't have done it without each other and it just so happens that they felt different ways about it but I don't think it's a it's an either or thing I think they're mm. both saying the same thing like I know myself mm. and I know at this moment like what the next step is for me and they just weren't you know on the same page in that yeah because they because they did go back because in the beginning they were like this is done mm-hmm. and then Phil was like well we said it was done we did all this for it to be done I was ready for it to be done mm-hmm. and Michael was like man we could have gotten <laughs> just one more and I was like huh because I think endings are hard mm-hmm. right and you want to end on a high note mm-hmm. I think you know they were talking about it in Michael's when Michael was driving like maybe it was like episode 6 or 7 where he was like you know some of these guys are like you're going to have to drag me out of here and Michael was like no I would have oh, yeah. to the top yep. and then at the end of it he was like we could have got one more yeah. right so it's like a, yeah. it's figuring out you know what I guess what your ending is absolutely yeah 
Yeah. Um, let's see. And I think it's also important, just like one more thing that like you don't allow people to push you past your ending. Mm. Right. Because I think Phil could have definitely been like, well, Michael thinks we can get one more. And like, if we can get everyone together and sometimes that works out, but sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. and you don't want to betray yourself and like, you know what your feelings are. So I think it's important to be like, you know, when your ending is and be okay with like stopping at that point, mm-hmm. regardless of what anybody else thinks or says. Yeah. Um, let me see. There's, is there, let me see if there's one more thing before oh and then we'll get to the big topic okay we're running out of time a little bit um so michael hung out with the security guards yeah and they were older like so they there's more of a focus on he used to be out here gambling no 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 sorry 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 so actually when his dad died like there was a security guard who kind of took up that role for him was like a and throughout the rest of michael's career like stayed with michael became his head of security or whatever and he said you know he hung around with them because they were older they had experience and so they could help guide his decisions yeah. right so how do you look at who you allow to guide your decisions like do you have a criteria for that i i don't have a criteria okay. my one thing is that again i'm learning i am not going to betray myself Mm. so there are people who can give me advice it Mm -hmm. does not mean I will take it Mm -hmm. right and so I'm open to people's advice especially people that I look up to that I think you know have great careers um, who have charted like one great paths and um, are you know great in their lanes but I realize that I am a different person than they are Mm -hmm. with different skills with different interests and so I also I always have to filter people's advice through my own lens right mm-hmm. and, and and again that's like knowing yourself and 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 knowing like what's important to you so i'll i'll listen to advice from anybody not me <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll have an ear open um but that doesn't mean i'm gonna take it because i know i know myself and i have to live with those decisions yeah i'll listen to advice from a few people and i'll take the actions from even fewer of those mm-hmm. people right like i think everybody has an opinion and for me, if it's not somebody who I respect in that way, like, yeah. I don't care what you think I should or should not be doing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think I've always been very, like, head, headstrong, mm-hmm. especially with career stuff. Maybe in my personal life, I've been listening to everybody, which is I should. But in career, like, I, pretty, I have a pretty strong, like, sense of, like, a North Star. Mm-hmm. And I am someone who, like, I have no problems asking for help. Mm-hmm. And which is so funny because I've been telling people what to do all the time, uh-huh. which is, like, it's so weird. Uh-huh. Uh, but I... Um, you know, I have some people in my life who I respect based on like the decisions that they make and the ways that they filter information. Mm-hmm. So I will actively seek out like, hey, I'm having a problem with this. Hey, I have a question about this. Hey, I'm doing this. But it's only a handful. And you know, I know a lot of people, but I'm like, what? And I will quickly change the subject and pivot because if I'm not trying to hear what you're talking about. But yeah, like I think I have a handful of people. Um, and yeah. I don't even think, and maybe I do. But, like, when I think about it, I don't ask for a lot of advice. People just give me their <laughs> advice. Like, I'll explain situations to people, and then people will just tell me, like, well, here's what I would do, or, like, you should do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, thank you, you know? And then you, you, you just take it for what it is, and you do what you got to do anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, so I guess I like one question. One uh, question. Do you think champions are made or born? Like, do you have, are people just born with that Michael Jordan type 
Like, was Michael who he was, and then just the training brought it out more? Was LeBron who he is? Was Mike, Was Beyonce who she was? Or is that something that someone who maybe wasn't born with that level of what passion, not passion, but that level of focus, like, can you cultivate that in a person? So here's here's where I'm at with this. I think that we're all born with a certain level of skill, a certain affinity for something, um, a certain capacity. Um, but I think that few of us ever explore um, those skills or capacities to their fullest potential. Mm. So I do think that um, while there is a limit to like what we can do, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that we reach it. And I think that more people can be a Michael or a Beyonce or a LeBron. I mean, granted, like you have to have the size, you have to, have, you know what I mean? There's some things that like, they're just going to be like genetic, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that more people can be great um, than allow themselves to be. Mm-hmm. See, I, but I kind of feel like you are born... Yeah, I, I think that there are people who are born who are just special. Um, hmm. And not that everybody else isn't special, but there's just like that like that little it factor that I think that some people possess that um, if they choose to explore it, mm-hmm. gets you the whatever. Granted, there are lots of factors that have to work together to make it happen, mm-hmm. being born at the right time mm-hmm. and, like, and all those things. But I just feel like like there are just some people even as kids you see them and you're like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and they may not grow up to realize that mm-hmm. but there are some people I think where you're like there's just something special about that kid but mm-hmm, that's interesting but like the it factor is not necessarily the greatness right the it factor can be the greatness in certain industries right but you don't like I feel like there are, there are brilliant people who don't have it right um and you wouldn't like necessarily as a child like identify like oh that that child has it but that child is brilliant they're probably super awkward or whatever and you wouldn't maybe pick them but that's a brilliant child but in their field in their sphere they don't need to have it they need well no maybe that brilliance is the it though is what i'm saying right like Mm -hmm. you look at like a certain kids i remember when i don't remember what talk show was but those kids who would come and like would it just have like this depth of knowledge and this mm. walk at like six mm. and I'd be like oh yeah that child like that is a special child mm-hmm. right now because even on my best day I was like I could never yeah um, but so the, the it thing I don't mean like a celebrity or like a star quality mm-hmm. I'm like there's just something about them that you can't like, whether it's like how their mind works or how they mm-hmm. see things or how they see color mm-hmm. or you know because like with a lot of like people who design fashion or like Kanye being able to see music in his yeah, Kanye is a different, but when the, the way that he sees the music sure. that he arranges, like I feel like there's just certain people who just have a thing that allows them to be that thing. Yeah. And but if they don't work hard at it, then they just be they're just whatever. But I think we all have it. You do. So you I think do. we can all be great? I do, and I I think that some people you know their circumstances or their environment allow them to cultivate it Mm. and then others don't but I think we're all born with certain like again like 
capacities, certain skills, certain affinities, certain like things that we're drawn to. I just don't know if we all have the luxury of being guided in a way that allows us to like develop and really hone in on those things. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, what are the things that people hone in? So this is the last thing. So social media went nuts when Michael said a little petty thing, and I'm gonna read the quote because you know I don't want to misquote the name. It says. Um, this was in reference to like how his teammates talk about him because if you mm-hmm. watch the video and you know the, the where he says he's not a nice guy I think there's a difference between being a nice and not nice versus how his teammates described him as like a tyrant and a jerk and a you know so he says when people see this they're going to say well he wasn't really a nice guy he may have been a tyrant but that's you because you've never won anything mm-hmm. and so the question for that first I was like when he said that I was like oh Michael tried it like he's trying to play people right that's now funny. but if you look at it in like the next frame he's still talking about it and he's getting emotional and I think he looks like he's gonna cry so he gets up and he walks and they switch to another scene yeah so there has to be some I think unresolved issues around having worked with and feeling like you brought those people to such high heights mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to feel like they think this of you, that they think you're a jerk and that you're all these things. Mm-hmm. It has to be hurtful a little bit. And so the question that we talked about on social media today was, does it matter how you get to greatness, right? Like, does the, do the ends justify the means, right? So, yes, Michael got six championships, but the way that he got there, like, it feels like he left a lot of bodies in his way, right? Mm-hmm. He left a lot of, like, hurt people in his, like, in ways that... I don't know that I would want my teammates to feel about me. And also as a leader, mm-hmm. I don't know. Granted, maybe it was a different time in the 90s where, you know, different. but if my boss talked to me the way Michael talked to his friends, like to his teammates now, it would be problematic for me. Like, I wouldn't want to work for somebody like that. That's not someone who, and even if them being like that brought us to whatever heights, I don't know if I would think that it was worth it. And so as it pertains to greatness, because let me tell you, Beyonce is great, and maybe she has people who do her dirty work, but you've never heard that Beyonce is um, a tyrant. or like You hear she's like a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. You hear that she's a hard worker, and maybe because the NDAs are so ironclad that, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that people don't say anything. Yeah. But also, like, Michael was in a team sport, and his yeah. success was determined by the people who he played with, which he largely didn't have control over, whereas Beyonce can hire and fire and whatever those things, but do you think that how you become great matters absolutely i think especially as it pertains to like respecting the people who are around you and respecting their their individuality and the way that they show up um i think it's incredibly important to be cognizant of that um i do think it's a fine line like you said between like wanting to be known as nice because there are just like certain places where you can't be nice like Mm -hmm. you know but I do think in terms of like the way that you treat people the way that you um the way that you show them respect not the way that you make them feel but kind of the way that you make them feel Mm -hmm. um that's important you know like success is important but people you know people are important Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day and so I definitely wouldn't want to be like I wouldn't want to have that reputation, right? That you, you're great at what you do, but you don't treat people with respect. Like to me, that that's not a fair trade-off. Mm-hmm. And I also think that you know, in sports, it's a different culture, right? Like mm-hmm. they, like it's a part of the game to be trash talking and, mm-hmm. and doing all that, which I think is fine. But it seemed like it was more than that mm-hmm. because, uh, like, somebody said, like people feared Michael, mm-hmm. 
every the league feared Michael. I was like, it wasn't just his team. Like the whole NBA was a friend of Michael. Like what? Oh, yeah. And I think because his the growth of the the league was so much tied to Michael that you know you don't want to piss him off. Um, but yeah, man, I was like. You know, at the end of the day, does he feel like that cost was worth it? Because he is the greatest basketball of all time, hard stop. And other LeBron, LeBron fans are like, come for you. They are the Kobe, Kobe fans. Too. And the Kobe, Kobe was Michael's mentee. Cut it out. Yo, people are doing too much. Saying. And I do think that though Kobe and LeBron are great basketball players. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest, but they are great basketball that players. That is not a conversation for uh, this, this podcast. podcast. Sure I'm sorry, I don't y'all. want to be a part of that. Forgive me <laughs> about the slander. It wasn't even slander, but forgive me. Um, as always, guys, if you want to keep this conversation going, you can connect with us through um, subscribing to the newsletter, texting CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, to 66866. You can connect with us on Instagram at I Choose the Ladder and on Facebook at I Choose the Ladder Podcast. And until next time, thank you for listening. Bye.